Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. This is uh, episode, I don't even know what it is, but we are doing just a tad, yeah, back here to talk about jokes and dissect the shit out of whatever I choose to talk about. Today, we are going to talk about PC culture and whether it's uh, good or not. And whether, uh, I don't know, what you can and cannot say, and is, uh, is fun more important than other people's feelings, because uh, in comedy I feel like people get hurt. Anyways, I'm here with two guests today, first time ever on this podcast. What? How many <laughs> guests are we going to have? All of them. I'm going to slowly phase myself out, because nobody likes me. Uh, I am in Madison, Wisconsin today, and I met two comics here uh, here in Madison, a uh, very funny comic. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and then we're going to get into the topic. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I'm Siyoung Sun. I'm here from here in Madison. Dane Arden, I'm a Chicago comic. They did a really good job on that. I should have uh, introduced them. But that's, hey, that's what we do. You guys don't give a shit. Uh, very, very funny comics. Uh, we did a show tonight, and uh, we're hanging out, and we started uh, doing what we do on this podcast, what comics always do, which is dissect comedy. And I said, hey, uh, you guys want to come back to my hotel? And they're like, to do a podcast? And I was like, I guess. Uh... So instead of fucking, we're just going to do this. Uh, is it awkward yet for you guys? Cool. Um, so right now we're going to do... Uh, what did we say the clip was? Louis C.K.'s? Yeah. Yeah, Louis C.K. Uh, is going to be our uh, example of PC culture. Because we, we started talking while we were eating pizza and uh, up here to try to figure out what we wanted to dissect. <laughs> And we were getting into anecdotes of when uh, political correctness can ruin fun. And uh, that's something that I've never really talked about, and I kind of wanted to do it today. And a good example of that is uh, on SNL, uh, this was back a couple of years ago, uh, Louis C.K. was the host and went up and did a stand-up set. But he did it in a way where he was talking about pedophilia. And this is Saturday Night Live. It's supposed to be like a silly... Uh, I don't know, they're not really edgy anymore, if ever, and he went up there and basically justified pedophilia and then said, hey, live from New York, let's try to have fun. <laughs> uh, and I think it was a great it was a great set, in my opinion. We're going to listen to it, deconstruct it, and come back, and uh, when we do, uh, we will have some fun. All right. The 70s were very different. When, in the 70s, there was a child molester that lived in my hometown. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like, we caught a child monster. It was just like, yeah, that's the house where the child monster lives. He lives where, hey, kids, be, don't be stupid or you'll get molested. Just stay away from the child molester house. I know because he did something to me when I was your age. So just stay away from the child molester house. We, really did. we had a town child molester. His name was Jean Baptiste. It's a true story. And he, he liked teenage boys. That's when you would find out, because I was a teenage boy. He didn't like me. I, was, I felt a little bad. <laughs> like, no, not you. He, wasn't, he didn't, it wasn't into me. But he would drive up next to teenage boys, and he'd say, uh, Hello, would you like to go to McDonald's? And you're like, No. And he's like, Why you don't like McDonald's? And then you're trapped, because of course everybody liked McDonald's. It was the 70s. And then I had one friend who used to get in the car. He'd be like, sure, I'll go. And he'd get in the car. He'd go to McDonald's and eat a burger. And then he'd say, see ya. And he'd just take off. And Jean-Baptiste was like, oh, and he'd foiled again. But he'd always try. Maybe this time. Because child molesters are very tenacious people. 
They love molesting childs. It's crazy. It's like their favorite thing. I mean, when you can, it's so crazy because when you consider the risk in being a child molester, speaking not of even the damage you're doing, but the risk, there's no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. And yet they still do it, which from, you can only really surmise that it must be really good. I mean, from their point of view, from their, not ours, but from their point of view, it must be amazing for them to risk so much. Be How do you think I feel? It's my last show, probably. Because... Look, I can't key into it because I love Mounds Bars. I love Mounds Bars. It's my favorite thing, right? But there's a limit. I mean, I, I can't even eat a Mounds Bar and do something else at the same time. That's how much I love them. Like, if I'm eating a Mounds Bar, I can't read the paper. Like, hmm. Mm. I have to just sit there with it in my mouth and go, why is this so good? I love this so much. And because they are delicious. And yet, if somebody said to me, if you eat another Mounds Bar, you'll go to jail and everybody will hate you, I would stop eating them. Because they do taste delicious, but they don't taste as good as a young boy does and shouldn't to a child monster. Not to me. Not to us, because we're all awesome. All right, that was Louis C.K. on uh, SNL talking about child molesters and children tasting good. Uh, <laughs> And Mounds Bars. And yeah, well, Mounds Bars are delicious, too. Uh, just like children. Just like children. So, that, all right, so, what we're... The, the ridiculousness that he uh, <laughs> talks about how children taste good and tries to navigate around that, and then at the very end go like, hey, we made it. All right, let's have a good time. <laughs> uh, I th to me, like, that... That is, like, the quintessential thing of, like, if you're having fun, then I don't think, I don't think there really is a victim. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. may, maybe that's completely wrong, because if you get a bunch of racists together poking fun of a black guy, then sure, then there is a victim. But it's, like, it, I don't know, it, it seems like, especially in that set, it's, uh, we all get that I'm going above and beyond and being ridiculous, but I am trying to navigate a fun point, fun logical point. Right. Um, what I really enjoy about it, actually, is that it's really empathetic in a way that you really never, ever see. Yeah, empathy yeah. towards the villain. Yeah, yeah. sure, it's, it's like an ultimate anti-hero story. Like, you don't want them to win, but at the same time, you're like... Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like someone wants something so badly, and you're yeah. just like, that's a feeling, you know? That's yeah. a feeling you can't deny. Something. It sucks. It's like, it sucks for this person. He, like, almost gets into that, too. It's like, it's really shitty. But the, what yeah. I like about it in, uh, is, like, it, it is feeling empathy for monstrous people. <laughs> yeah. But the whole time, he's smiling and laughing. So, like, I, I think the, the thing that's fun about it is not necessarily, I mean, the joke is good. Uh, mm. But I think what's fun about it and why he keeps laughing is because you, in hindsight, can see him going like, I know what I'm going to say next, <laughs> and we're all going to agree that it's awful, but we're all going to laugh the fact that I just said it, <laughs> uh, especially on live television. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, that one time where he's like, you can only surmise, and then he sits there and just kind of chuckles like, 
The yeah. children taste really good. Yeah. And then it's like, and then good lord. <laughs> and then I love when he says that, he has to immediately be like, from the perspective not me, of not the us. child molester, we're all <laughs> we're great. great. We're, we're all great. awesome. And then that <laughs> awkward silence of, uh, yeah, how do you think I feel? This is my last show probably. Yeah. In, in my head, uh, well, t- tell your story that you were telling us earlier about uh, hanging out. Sure. Um, so I was hanging out with this uh, Chicago comic, and uh, he had a few of his black friends with him, and we were going to a bar, and uh, we were playing pool. And he's a very friendly guy, so he asked some of the people there if they wanted to play some pool. This one girl decided she wanted to play pool, and the whole time he was kind of he was saying the n word a lot to his friends, who were laughing their ass off. They, I think, they were seeing him as like a cartoon character. It wasn't <laughs> yeah, he was like, being he was being yeah. Louis C.K. ridiculous, over the saying yeah. children taste good yeah. over and over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and at one point, like they kept hugging him and like telling him that he was he was their favorite. Like he loved. They, they both loved it. They thought they were laughing. They so were hard. they were saying he was there. Yeah, pretty that's much. That's what they yeah. were saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 their yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't having it. And she's also she was a tall, skinny white girl. Um, and she didn't like it. She would reprimand him every time. He'd be like, I, "What? I I don't see any problem with this." Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of came to a boiling point when uh, she went over, and it looked like she was about to hug him and reconcile, but instead she grabbed a pool cue and put it up against his throat and put him up against the wall. Uh, and that's, that's the whole thing. We had to separate them, and she went out to take a smoke. Uh, I still together. I, I would love to hear her story, and I would love to have them come back together and have, like, a nice little The View moment, you know? But <laughs> Well, like, I, I think we've all met... People like that, um, and like in my head, I don't think being politically correct is wrong. I think it is the right thing. You have to be aware of this shit. But it, at least in, and I don't know about your guys' brain, but at least in my brain, I have a problem where I feel like I a, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, I'm so socially conscious just because of what we do and the fact that we do on a daily basis or nightly basis. Uh, think about this shit like philosophers or try to push the bounds or just hang out and talk about Mm -hmm. this shit more than most people that when uh, someone like Todd is doing that he has already gone so far one way that he's coming out the other end Mm -hmm. and to someone who hasn't made that journey she just goes oh he's just being a racist asshole and he's like no I'm mocking the ridiculousness of someone actually doing this yeah but, but the thing is, in that situation, it's not also, like, not really her... She shouldn't be like her place. Sure. Yeah, she's ruining a group of people's good friends, good times. She's a white woman. She isn't, like, the person to be a... You know, like, if, if everyone else is not... If everyone else is having a good time, who, who, she's just getting who's it, Like, nothing. who's it hurting thing? Yeah. But then it, it's weird. Then it's like, all right, so does that mean only... Right. Minorities can be offended yeah. by... So it, it's that weird... But it's also like, you know, should a white person be defending a minority for their offense? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like... And it's like... And at that point... And that, and that, that issue is like, who are you defending? Because it's definitely not his friends. Yeah. yeah. Are you defending people that you know in your life? concept of and it, political correctness. The same thing happened with Louis C.K. So I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a huge fallout of people going like, oh, child molesting's not funny. 
and it's so hard to describe of like, yeah, no, of course child molesting is not funny. The ridiculousness of saying child's taste good yeah. is funny. And that separation is so hard to make, especially in the context of fun, where it's like, and I think most comics or people who do comedy get it of like, comics love saying atrocious shit to each other because it's something you never hear. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's I I always think of it as like cartoon violence. Like, of course, watching someone get hit in the head with an anvil is awful. Mm-hmm. But watching a cartoon character who you know is going to get up afterwards get hit in the head with an anvil is fucking hilarious to a child. And I think it's the same thing with words. And and in this case with uh, the story of our friend and his two black friends of like he's saying that word around people that he knows and loves. In any other context, that word would fucking destroy somebody, of course. But yeah. because he knows that it's a it's a safe space, the ridiculousness of the situation is like the anvil dropping on Daffy Duck's head. Right. And then this girl, this dumb coos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it comes down to intent. He, it was clear his intent wasn't malicious. He wasn't trying to put them down or anything. He was he was doing it in a friendly, playfully fun way and it just hit the wrong person and she thought she would take up for them uh which also just seems like super offensive like why do you think yeah Yeah. why do you think they can't just handle it like did do since you were there was she was she defending just all black people or was she defending those two she was in particular I, i she was using those two as yeah she was trying to defend those two Oh, that's fucking atrocious. Yeah. I feel yeah. like... That's even more dehumanizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, what you gotta wonder is if it was just a general rule that you can't say these, these words, like, yeah. it was just a universal law, mm-hmm. would that really... Would that be make the world a better place? That's the other thing. Like, probably... But here's the, here's the thing. thing. I say probably. She's defending those two people, but I feel like if you're defending, like, just a whole thing in general, maybe it's... Well, that's... Maybe it's for the better. I, sure. I, I very much believe... Uh, what S- SJW's social justice warriors? I very much believe they're on the right side of history, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, you shouldn't be a dick to people. That's kind of the way it works. But I think what you said, intent and uh, context, get lost in people's minds where they just think that it just kills fun when you don't take context and intent into it, where. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and uh, all right, so we'll go on the reverse end, and what I mean by intent and context. Uh, so that we all agree was like a fun time, right? Yeah, he was with his yeah. two friends, but uh, you know, what if after a show you have an audience member come up, uh, like t- say Todd does that show, like a show, he's with his two black friends, and an audience member comes up and starts telling a racist joke, going like, "Ah, we're all friends." It's like, all right, uh, your intent is fine. But the context of what you're doing, not okay. So I think right. you have to have both intent and context to justify on both sides. Yeah. But that's a gray area, and this country doesn't live in the gray. It's totally black and white. Sorry, you're Asian. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't live in yellow. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't have a spectrum here. I have an interesting story where something just like that happened, where I met my one of my brother-in-law's friends. And uh, he heard that I do comedy on the side. Oh, and that's like, all right, let me tell you a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and, Three uh, Jews kill a black guy. <laughs> and I was hanging out with my sister, 
during it, and my brother-in-law ran away. Uh, <laughs> he was like, no! Red flag, got out of there. Uh, and he just goes into, I can't remember the whole joke, but it just ends super misogynistically. Like, I don't know like, if you remember the punchline, but can you give me a uh, barometer of I think, where? I, th- I think, like, the punchline was... Uh, and then just use your dead wife as a sled or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're laughing, so maybe. Well, you know what? Out of, yeah, out of context, that's a pretty amazing punchline. But that was for like a five-minute bit, so oh, it was dying. Uh, but it was great to see he hit that punchline, and then as soon as he did that, he looked straight at my sister, who was like too uncomfortable to oh, not Jesus. say anything. So it was just like, and we just met him. So it was it was that weird, like awkward area where it's like I don't even really know you that well. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't know if the, I don't know if you get what's going on right now. Yeah. Please walk away. <laughs> yeah. Did he double down and say the punchline again, as if you guys didn't get it? No. No, we, like <laughs> use your dead wife as the sled. <laughs> well, the, the sad thing is, the big part of it's also he's just not as good. Right. Yeah. He's not a good joke teller. But that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like great. maybe, yeah. maybe his True. intent was yeah. right because yeah. he was trying to ingratiate. Like, oh, you're a comic, I'll make you laugh. Right. The same way that you know we all get together and go like, hey, just start roasting each other and be like, hey, you fucking pansy, go fuck a tree or well, I don't know, doing a terrible job of roasting. <laughs> 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 go fuck a tree. Uh, <laughs> go fuck a tree and leaf, right? Whoa! Uh, oh, uh, but, you, you know, like, comics can get together and immediately, just because there's a... Uh, right. they, now, some comics can't do it well, like mm-hmm. me, and then we have to kill ourselves. <laughs> uh, so his intent was to ingratiate, but the right. context of, like, all right, I'm here with my sister, and you basically were telling a joke about how my sister should die yeah. and be a sled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I think the problem is that... The, um, I don't know. I I think fuck, fuck. I keep going back and forth. Like, well, the I, thing is, I feel like the problem is you're intrinsically almost putting like the experience of comedy and being a comic, like saying that you can pull that off, right? It's almost like you, you're in a special place where other people can't do this. That, yeah, that, because that's, we that's we all recognize because yeah. I don't think people like to think that, right? Sure, but sure. I feel like you work so hard on making jokes and being funny and really thinking about things. And you're thinking about social issues, and maybe, like, you know, if you say it in a certain way, you do have a good context to flesh it out well. No, because I can't have jobs because my, in, uh, I can't read context in a work situation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, right. when I used to go to a radio, I remember, uh, I, so, I used to work at Radio Shack for a while, and there was this, uh, lady who I worked with, uh, we didn't really get along, but I, I tried to make her laugh because I'm a whore, and uh, she she got pregnant, and w- one day we were talking, and I don't remember the context of what I said, but I was try I said something of like, uh, uh, I was like, oh, what are you gonna, uh, what are you gonna name her? And she's like, actually, we just found out uh, he's a, that we're, we're having a boy. I was like, oh, that's crazy, you're going to have a hermaphrodite? And she just started crying right away. <laughs> I thought what I said was hilarious. Uh, my district manager did not. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is, like, I think everybody has problems with right. context, whereas when you're, when you're around, I'll just say good company instead of comics, 
Yeah. When you're around good company, it's like, okay, nobody really means what they that's say. That, that, you know what I mean? Say it, yeah. So it, it, it's one of those situations. And that's why I don't understand when people get pissed off at, uh, uh, at comics in general where, uh, you know, they go like, well, what you said was offensive. And it's like, yeah, but did I mean it to be offensive? Right. That, I think that's the, that, that's what people should look into. It's like, yeah, if, if a pot, like a fucking Trump or Hillary is saying offensive shit, they probably mean it. Cause that's their goddamn job is to mean what they say. But as a comic, I mean, how many times have you meant the shit that you said? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I've, I've said truthful shit. Yeah. But I, I don't think I've ever said something I mean. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't think I've stood behind any... <laughs> I don't think if anybody's like, oh, do you mean that? And they challenge me, I'd be like, I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> I just didn't make you laugh. Are you going to pay me? All right, I'll see you later. Yeah, that's a good point you said about being in good company. Because when you're doing a show and you're the comic up there, it's sort of like you're all in good company. You're all like friends with each other. Well, that's, that's yeah, what so it's supposed to say, be. That's yeah. why you can say certain things. Dude. When you're with your friends... You really feel like you should be able to say anything. Sure. And when you're like doing a show, you're supposed to feel like you're with your friends too. I think. So do In you think? Sense. Do you think when you have hecklers or uh, social justice warriors or whatever pipe up in that context, do you think it's the comics' fault that they didn't make everyone feel like they're in good company? Um. Do you know? Do you it, know what it, I'm trying it, to that's say? All, that's also a matter of context. There you go. You know. Well, it's how like, do you mean? It's like. To what level are they out of bounds, and to what level? How well did you get everyone to be on your side? I, but I think it's, yeah. I think it, it's, it's an a, either, I think it's, it's an either it's or thing. Gray. It's very gray. I don't even think it's gray. I, th- I think so. they I think it's either, uh, it's, it's, the whole responsibility is on the audience, or the whole responsibility is on the comics. So you think if one person just won't hear it no matter what, then, then the that's either at fault. Either that or it's that person's fault. I don't think it's a... No, I think the comic has to get some people who are, like, reasonable on their side. Some people are just not going to go with it no matter what. Okay, but the, uh, this is what I'm trying to differentiate. There's, there's a difference between people not subjectively liking your comedy. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. No, I understand. That. I'm talking about people who think that they gotta heckle or say, you know, what you said was offensive or racist or sexist or... Whatever, whatever the com- uh, the like uh, the story that you were telling, mm-hmm. where she felt like she had to speak up and say something, it, I think it's either completely on the audience to understand the context of I might hear something that's off color or taboo or I disagree with, and I don't have to laugh at it, and if I don't like it a lot, I can leave. Oh. Instead of saying like ruining the show because it's like well it's not about you especially if everybody else is laughing now if everybody else is fucking dead silent and there's a fucking real uh i don't know something in the room like a kramer moment yeah sure but it's one of those things like all right if if there are 50 people in the room and for some reason you're the only one saying anything is it that and that's what i'm trying to pose to you guys is it the audience's fault individually that they all have to show up knowing that they're a comedy show that they might not hear something they like but just sit there wait and see if uh, how the room turns out or is it the comedian's responsibility to put the context into the room with like hey I'm gonna say some stuff but we're all family tonight all right we're all gonna have a good time so like have that lightness of mood I 
I, I think it's an either or thing, but I, I'm is probably really wrong. Both? I think it's kind of both to me. So because the thing is, I had this one joke. Remember we talked about um, black versus toothpaste in China? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I actually had a joke at an open mic. Well, uh, I'll give him context. So uh, <laughs> we both went to China. In China, there's toothpaste that's literally I, what? What's the actual brand? Hey, you're in Yago. Hey. What's actually directly translated? Black guy to tooth- black person toothpaste. Yeah, they, they have uh, toothpaste that, uh, and because apparently black people have really white shiny teeth, and their toothpaste over in China, there's a brand that like the logo's just a white guy who looks like he's in blackface smiling with a top hat on. Like it's super it's classy. Yeah, yeah, it's classy toothpaste. Uh, <laughs> you ever try that stuff? No, I wasn't a try it. No, it's actually really tasty. <laughs> oh god. It's really tasty toothpaste. White supremacy does oh, taste really good. Have to look into <laughs> <laughs> oh, white supremacy, that's also a good name for toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. No, yeah, no. I told I told something like that. I actually made my punchline was like, no. One of my punchlines was like, oh, he's wearing top class, so it's class. Like, obviously, that's so false. Yeah, yeah. And then like the the guy wearing the mic, he was a black person. Was or still is? Yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, He is a black man. Now he's dead. Sure, sure. Probably no. using that Chinese toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> no, they walked up and he was like, no, you can't say something. That's some racist stuff. You can't go, you know, like, black guy in a top hat. And literally, like, a month later, he walked up to me. He's like, hey, I, was, I just remembered what you said, like, like a month back. And I was like, no, that wasn't offensive at all. Uh, it was just like, it was just the way you said it and it was your tone. And it was like serving your delivery. Hmm. So, so he was uh, pointing uh, out that you it, just did That is my, on me. Yeah, That's yeah. like actually on me, right? That's why partially it's on me, and then partially, even if the audience does accept that I'm going to say something bad, it's also on them to, like, break, be able to break that barrier, but I still have to get them there. Because I can say something like that, and it could just be bad, come off badly. Wish I, had some, I yeah. wish I had some edgy jokes where I could be like, <laughs> and then I had I that I didn't even moment. think that was edgy. I, it was a toothpaste yeah. joke. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you don't have to have your own example, but yeah. I'm saying, like, through... Through your lens, all, all four of them. <laughs> it's a very tricky thing where, um, I think, so, my, my perspective on it is, uh, Tigum Taro got interviewed once where, uh, they were talking about her set and they were talking about her new album coming out, uh, live and, um, it's a great album. Amazing album. Yeah. Probably one of the best albums I've ever listened to, and uh, and then they went into her old jokes, and they said, um, "Yeah, one of us uh, talked about in a lecture about how your moleste joke, uh, the molester joke, is an actual acceptable uh, molesting joke," and she seemed a little shocked by it uh, because the, the whole joke isn't about really molesting; it's yeah. just like a silly. Situation. Um, it's, just it's not even talking about molest- it's just talking about the word. Right? Yeah, That's yeah, all, just yeah. about moleste. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, how she responded when she was asked, uh, "Should people be allowed to do edgy material like that?" Is uh, she just kind of said, "You know, some people fall short," uh, but I definitely don't agree with not having that material. And that's why I love when Louis C.K. goes on SNL and does all the most edgy stuff he can possibly do. He talks about race, he talks about uh, 
molestation, <laughs> child, you know. Chris Rock did the yeah, same thing. Chris with the Rock. Thing, yeah. yeah. Or that new Freedom Tower or whatever. Yeah. It needs to happen, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to be the comedian that does it. I'm too busy telling stories about me. Who do you... Who, who do you... <laughs> me too. Who do you think has... Uh, who do you think bears the brunt of the responsibility? The brunt of the responsibility. Do you think it's the audience to know to go with the comic, or do you think it's the comic... Now, I, I agree, you, you convinced me that it's both, but I'm saying, is it 50-50, or is it... I think it's mainly the comic, actually. Like an 80-20? If you notice Louie, he's constantly dissecting. He's constantly, like, presenting yeah. both angles. Like, his... The things he's saying is constantly working. It's clearly people. worked on at yeah. a high enough level that you should know. Yeah. yeah. I, did you see his recent, um, recent show... He does a whole bit about um, abortion, and he's like, "It's either you think someone you're, you think that they're killing a baby, or you think that it doesn't matter." Yeah, and it's perfect. Like he presents both sides of the argument. He's like, "It's either one or the other," and he just constantly goes on with that. And like, you know, that's like a great way to present the joke. See, this is why I think it's the comic's responsibility, not yeah. the audience. And I'm saying 100 percent the comic because. If you bomb enough times or you, you fail enough times yeah. of the joke and you learn from it, you should be able to tackle any, um, what am I trying to say? Anybody's uh, response to it. Uh, Patrice O'Neill, who's a big influence of mine, uh, had a thing that he used to do where he would go up with a, a premise of like, he wanted to say, I don't know, apples suck or something. <laughs> Not that that's a Patrice O'Neill bit, but uh, he'd go up and just kind of talk about it, but he would talk, at least at mics and shows and shit, he would talk to the audience and have as many discussions as possible so he could get as many viewpoints, and then he would take those viewpoints and write, I don't know if he actually ever wrote anything down, but he would come up with jokes off of those viewpoints so that way he hit every single thing people were thinking, and it's like, even if he disagreed with them, he'd be able to have a comeback... Or a joke yeah. to knock down your logic. That's he shows that sense. he's seen your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Has to and show that you've seen the other. And it makes sense side. because obviously Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr hung out all the time, and uh-huh. Bill Burr does the exact same thing. Yeah, where he tries. He he'll say something wrong, and then he'll be like, "Somebody tell me what I said wrong, because I'm not educated. I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I need to know what I did wrong so I can adjust to it." And I, I saw him at Oddball, and he, he headlined the show, uh, and so he didn't have a lot of material to work with, and he was doing exactly that, where he was throwing out premises and trying to figure out where to go from there, and he kind of sunk himself in a hole a bit, but uh, you could tell the wheels were turning in his head where he was trying to figure out, okay, where can I go from there yeah. if the audience turns on me here? He was he was, he was was taking the L, but he was yeah. learning the playbook as he went. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder... Alright, so we got somewhere, right? I feel like you just need to be modest about it. Sounds like to me, you know? You need to consider other people's viewpoints, really listen to them, and talk Empathy? About yeah, empathy. And, and, and not it, believe that you're absolutely correct. <laughs> what if we say this? What if, uh, what if you what if you admit you're wrong, yeah. and you have empathy, and tell the joke is good, 
then you're an egomaniac. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, all right, what's, what's your guys' viewpoint? Let me hear it, let me hear it. And then it always gets laughed, and you're like, nope, I'm right, fuck you. You guys are peons, I'm the king. See you later, Mike Trump. That's a, that's a great punchline. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, we'll, we'll end it there, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, another episode of Justin Sad. Uh, tell, me, tell me if you guys uh, enjoyed... Uh, Having more than one guest on, if you enjoyed me talking in a hotel, uh, uh, where can they find you guys? Let them know. Get at them. Uh, so you can friend me on Facebook. <laughs> what? Yeah, Facebook? <laughs> uh, I come to 100 Proof Comedy every Monday at Comedy Sports in Chicago, 8 p.m. If you want to see more of me. Right off the red line for all you tourists out there? Yeah. Um... You can also friend me on Facebook. What? <laughs> also, I'm in Madison, so you can find out a lot about the shows that I could be a part of at localmadisoncomedy.com. Localmadisoncomedy.com? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for doing this. Yeah, thanks, turned out to be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. As always, go out and find your own funny, because none of this matters. Uh, this is all full of shit. Uh, love you guys. Death. We'll see you next time. Bye.